Recording in progress. Welcome to the second season of the Now Strategos podcast. Strategos is a Greek term which roughly translated means generalship and it is part of the origin of the English word strategy. My name is Britton Jacobson. I own a few entrepreneurship endeavors, work a full-time W-2 job, and enjoy learning. I appreciate you being here. Let's get into the episode. Well, uh, we can just dive in, I think. So, all right. So I wanted to start with kind of a a little bit of a background on um, just you personally. And I did, you know, some, some quick research, but my understanding is you just recently started uh, school at Southern Methodist. Is that right? Not just yet. I'm starting. I'm starting this fall, so I'm going to be a okay, freshman okay, okay. this fall. For I'm graduating high school this year. Okay. All right. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, I was trying to get the the timing mm-hmm. right, but okay. Well, congrats on almost wrapping up high school. Um, Thank and you. then I want. Okay. So, like, what made you pick um, SMU? And so I'm I'm in Virginia right now. Um, and mm-hmm. my I'm actually planning on moving to Texas hopefully this year, uh, to the oh, Dallas that's area. So- so yeah, I Are saw that. Kidding? I was like, "That's crazy!" No, no, no. That's part of the <laughs> That's plan. So funny. Um, so, uh, which I actually haven't announced yet. I've just said I was moving, so there it's official. Um, but yeah. So all right. So uh, you got to tell me why you picked SMU. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when I was first looking at colleges, SMU wasn't even on my radar okay. at the time. I had just I knew what I wanted. I knew I wanted a smaller size college that wasn't too big like uh mission state or too small of a school i wanted something like right in the middle like eleven thousand or twelve thousand. and when i was initially looking i just had a good number i had a good number of schools on my list but i didn't know what i wanted to major in yet but then i like toured a couple schools i toured university of richmond college of william and mary and syracuse at the beginning i liked them some were okay better than others but then like I started to realize that those schools weren't the ones that I was actually looking for. And so later on in the year, one of my um, admissions advisors decided to tell me about SMU. And, um, and then once I started looking into it more, I was like, okay, this school is amazing. And this school is perfect for me because it's like right near Dallas. It's so close to everything. I also wanted that too. I wanted a campus that was close to a lot of places, close to downtown, stuff like that. And I knew what my major was going to be when I saw SMU, which is public relations and strategic communications. And I hope to some, hope to get into the um, social media industry field working at like a marketing, a social media marketing agency or something like that in the future. But, and then um, I looked at their program for my major. I was like, their program is amazing. It's the best program I had seen out of all the colleges I had looked into. And then I was like, I think I might want to go here. And it's been on my mind. It was been, it had been on my mind for a good while. And every time I was talking about SMU, I would smile every single time. And that's how I knew it was like getting to the point where, okay, I think I know this is where I, where I want to go. And about a month ago during President's Day weekend, I decided to go down to Dallas for a visit. And I literally could not stop smiling when I got into that campus because it's exactly what I wanted. It had everything, it had a close campus, it had a good size, it had greenery, it was close to everything. It was perfect. And then I submitted my deposit that day. <laughs> uh, a couple of days later, after I toured, I was like, 
okay, I'm ready. I'm done. No other college is going to beat this. So that's how I chose SMU. Nice. I'm really excited. It's also convenient, I suppose, that um, you get to be in school there during the better months uh, versus like Mm -hmm. the middle of the summer or whatever, which uh, I had, I've had a few Texans tell me like, you should just wait to move until after the summer. I was like, well, we'll see, but (laughs) yeah, Um, but okay, cool. All right. So you're planning on studying communications and whatnot. And um, is there a reason you're focusing on communications and are you planning on being more on the copywriting side? Are you planning on being more on the marketing and analytics side, or are you planning on doing more of the, the graphic design and aesthetic side? I'm thinking of doing more of the um, marketing side because recently I've been like talking to a couple of people one 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 of my friends she owns her own social media marketing agency and I think it's like really cool to see like the behind the scenes of what goes on into that and I don't know for me designing is fun but I don't think it's fun enough for me to feel to get enjoyment of a job out of it I feel like I would be more into the analytic the analytical side of it Mm -hmm of social media marketing which is really cool and like I was just inspired by other like social media people in the world to just like do that major and I was a part of I don't know if you've heard of this group called PR Fashion Net they got started on Clubhouse and they start interviewing a whole bunch of people in the social media industry and the PR industry I thought okay this is really cool so that's how I found my major honestly was through them gotcha gotcha okay okay yeah part of the reason I was asking is because um, when you were talking about your future and some of the things that you're interested in doing, um, mm-hmm. if you're going to be on the analytics side, that usually means you have to be in-house or, and, or at least part of an agency that's like putting together a fuller marketing package for a company versus mm-hmm. if you're on the copywriting or design side, you can do more freelance work and, you know, obviously um, you can work from anywhere, blah, blah, blah. So I was, um, that's part of why I was, I was curious. So. Got it. Okay. Um, and do you have an idea? So are, in terms of the, the industry, you mentioned social media and stuff like that. Are you hoping to, do you care like what the sort of company is that you would be working for? Or, and do you have an idea of that? Or is it more of a, we'll see what happens. You know, it could be a, you know, or it could be a real estate marketing analytics company, or it could be a fashion brand, or it could be whatever. Or is there something particular in mind? I think I mainly, it's a little bit of a mix of both. I mainly want to work with like companies who handle influencer marketing, working for like a, a fashion brand or, or just like around that industry that works with like influencers in-house and like reaching out to those influencers to say, hey, we want you to rep our company and stuff like that. So I think that's where I'm leaning towards mostly. Got it. Okay. All right. Okay, so we're gonna we'll, we're gonna pause and we're gonna switch over to social media stuff. Um, okay, so how did you find out about? Um, so the the way we met was through Rella, which is was started mm-hmm. by Natalie Barbu and a couple other co-founders that um, that were working on a different project that she then met. Uh, they together then started working on technical co-founders, which um, they then started working on this idea that she had. Uh, which was a, it's basically a a current form. It's like a social media uh, content management and scheduling uh, software platform. 
and um, they've been rolling. I think they've rolled out three substantive updates um, to date. And I'm I'm not like a content creator per se, uh, other than like this podcast and like a little bit of stuff on Instagram. But like I'm not. That's not like my thing. I just enjoy the conversation side, and then I'm really curious about the um, economy side of it. And so I joined the Slack group, and I you know I've downloaded Rella and I've played around with it a little bit. But um, that's how we met was through the Rella Slack group. Uh, and I wanted to ask, how did you find out about Rella and what made you join the Slack group and actually get involved in the, um, you know, kind of the conversations that go on in there? Mm-hmm. So I initially found Rella through Natalie, actually. I've been an avid follower of Natalie for a good number of years now. And when- Do you remember how you originally discovered her? I've been watching her YouTube channel for- um, Honestly, no, I don't. Okay. I do. I think I she she just randomly came up in my YouTube feed as a recommended watch as a recommended person to watch, and I think that's how I found her. Um, yeah, because it, it was before TikTok ever came out that I started watching her, and I remember on her YouTube channel she said she was going to be starting an app. Um, I was really intrigued by it because I, I wasn't expecting her to do something like that for mm-hmm. some reason because I just didn't think of that as something she would do because she was an influencer only at the time yep. and I think she might have dabbled in the real estate business too but I found that out through her and she had been posting about it a lot on her social media platform saying I'm founding an app is to help um, creators and influencers manage their content and I think at the time I had initially started dabbling in like the content creation space and I used a whole bunch of other apps like later planally all those types of things and they were just so hard to use and because you have to pay for certain upgrades and stuff and it's just not worth it like it's really it's really not you just want something that's simple easy to use and once she released it I immediately downloaded it and waited for that thing to download onto my phone because I was so excited because I knew it was going to be a good quality for some I just knew Uh and um, then I think after that, she announced that she was forming a Slack group for people who are using Rella. And then that's how I joined it. I think it was through her Instagram stories. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so far, how have you found the, uh, the app experience? Oh, it's amazing. I've literally been able to use it for so many different areas of content creation like my Instagram my TikTok it's so easy like I've literally planned out my whole so I'm a part of this group called um the glowing socialites who's which is founded by one of my friends who owns a social media agency called girl socially and we're doing an April TikTok challenge for the whole month of April post a TikTok a day Mm -hmm. and I was able to plan out all of my TikToks for the whole month of April and it's so easy and convenient to use to just look at everything from a month view a week view or a day view and it's just i love it it's the best app i've used so far nice that's awesome it's really good that's awesome yeah uh okay all right so then you you're currently just about ready to graduate high school when mm-hmm. and or and why did you end up choosing to say i want to you know put my time into creating content and we'll go further into that but like what was like the initial like i'm gonna create content I was honestly inspired by other content creators that I had been looking at for a good number of years and through PRNet, like I talked about earlier, just listening to their conversations of how they were able to just like 
create a business out of it. And that's what intrigued me the most that you can create a business out of creating content on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube. Mm -hmm. That just fascinated me. I was like, okay, if they can do it at like 25, 24, then I can do it at 18. And so I thought that that really inspired me to just go ahead and do it. Just jump, jump right on in. And it's been fun ever since. Gotcha. Okay. Do you have a specific type of content creator that you want to be? Oh, that's, that's hard. I think I'm in the mix between Natalie Barbu, Danielle Carolyn and Brooke Michio. Okay. Um, as like my top three. Got it. Okay. And, and what about them are, are, what are the reasons, what are the things about them that you look up to, um, that you kind of want to replicate obviously with your own brand and, and vibe. Mm -hmm. Honestly with Natalie, it's amazing how she's able to like create her brand by herself when she started like early on, like when she was like 14, 15 and to build herself up to where she is now and also have a podcast and also found an app on top of it. It's really inspiring and how like she was able to do that by herself, but also with the team helping her and just the drive that she has to just be better and do better every day and be an entrepreneur. I think that's really inspiring. And um, with Danielle and Brooke, they also have their own podcast called Gals on the Go. And I listen to that too. And they both have YouTube channels and it's just really inspiring to see them like at, I guess, 23, 24, living in New York city, being a, being a content creator full time and not have to go to a nine to five job. I just find that amazing that you don't have to, society thinks that we, we have to go to a nine to five job in order to be successful, but they're breaking the barriers and saying, no, you don't have to have a nine to five. You can have your own business by yourself. You can work in the field of social media and still make money at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think that's just really inspiring. Got it. Are there things in your own life as you've been, um, you know, thinking about and being inspired by these people and like what they've been up to. And obviously there's a certain level of, um, of discipline of even like the way that you conduct yourself when it's online, even sometimes when it's offline. Right. And like how you think about the sort of person that you want to be, um, has there been like, how, how do you think about that for yourself? And how do you think about becoming that sort of person for yourself? Yeah, I've, since I was little, like in middle school, I've always been a very driven and disciplined person as a human being. And like, I started waking up at 5am every day when I was in middle school. Mm -hmm. I haven't gone back to it since (laughs) I'm a senior in high school now. And it's, it's that drive and that discipline that gets me to where I am now. And I know that if I keep being disciplined and keep like, finding new ways to succeed and finding new ways to connect with people, build my network, build connections that I'm able to become that sort of, that sort of person I've always wanted to be like being able to have that core group of people, but also still have those connections outside of that core group. That's badass. That's yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. Um, And it makes a lot of sense uh, it, it relative to it. Like that is the sort of, um, process, uh, mental process and personality process that you need to have in place. Um, 
do you what sort of like support or influence do you get from like your friends and your family when it comes to like being that sort of person mm-hmm. they're really like proud of me because they know that once I have my mind set on something I won't let go of it and they know that I will be disciplined and they know that I have like the power within myself to do those things mm-hmm. and they can then they see how much I've been able to do in like such a short period of time of my life and be able to do so many different things and as a senior in high school got it got it okay um so when when it comes to the content one of the things i wanted to ask you about was why you picked a podcast versus like at least when i've gone through your links and things like that like i didn't come across like a youtube channel and and whatnot so i know you're on instagram i know you're on tiktok I know you're um, obviously doing the podcast. Why did you choose to like go that route versus like the more like, you know, having YouTube channel and that being like a main promotional point? Mm -hmm. Well, honestly, I saw podcasting as like a broader view of connecting with people, even though I know YouTube has a way to connect with people. I feel like podcasting has a faster you get a faster opportunity to reach more people than YouTube does because YouTube takes a long time to grow and it's slow going and I feel like with podcasting it's such a budding industry and it's everybody a lot of people listen to podcasts in the world and so I feel like it was like faster to do and at that time I was I started my podcast during the pandemic when I was at home in December and this was just like the easiest one of the easiest things I could do from my bedroom and show like people like I want to help you guys and I can do it from just a mic you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. what sorts of conversations have had the most or and even just um, relationships that you've developed and made have had the most impact on you oh that's a hard one um That's a good question. Um, I guess it would have to be. Oh my goodness. Now I have to cycle through my brain. How many people I've had on my podcast over the past <laughs> like year. Um, honestly, it would have to be Natalie. Okay. To be completely honest, it, it would be Natalie because she was able to come up come up with an idea of Varela from scratch Mm -hmm. because of her frustrations that she was facing Mm -hmm. and to be able to execute it so well and so efficiently and so quickly in like less than two years is fascinating to me and honestly the way like she did it and how she was able to reach out to people that she knew would be able to help her she knew the right people to reach out to in order to help her do this And I think that's really inspiring to say, like, to show that, you know, people have the answers to your solutions. You just need to go find them and reach out to them Mm -hmm. because you know that they can help you with your situation, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's one of the most influential people that I've talked to that inspires me. Yeah. Nice. Nice. What, uh, what are you hoping to do with your podcast? Um, and I think a lot of people right? A lot of people talk about, oh, you have to build a community, a community around your podcast, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think that they can get a little bit carried away with that. Um, just because mm-hmm. like within a podcast community, you're often not interacting with 
your audience too much. Um, and there's a few exceptions to that, but generally speaking, like there's, a, there's more of a distance, even more so than like, you know, a YouTube or a blog channel or something. So mm -hmm. when you're thinking about your, you know, podcast and having your guests on and the conversations that you have, what are kind of like the top few things that you look to get out of them as a, and that might be for your audience or it might be for you, but like, what are the, like, what are the things that you look and, and want to see develop as you continue to obviously have conversations and meet people? Mm -hmm. Honestly, for me, the number one thing is just building my network of connections. I love, I've always been a person to love to meet new people and connect with more people. And this just gives me a wide range of people out anywhere in the world that I can connect with that are, are doing the things that help them go after their dream lives. And that's the thing for me. I love to be inspired by other people and being able to talk to these people who inspire me through the way I found them first and to talk more about themselves gives me like inspiration to keep doing what I'm doing in order to go after the dream that I have. And two, it's if I'm helping just one person with my podcast, that's an amazing thing for me. Just that one person making an impact on that one person is better than making impact on on just 20 people inside of my community at home mm -hmm. you know it's that broader reach that I love and that I hope to build more is just like being able to help people go after their dreams by listening to these amazing entrepreneurs these amazing business owners do that same thing mm -hmm. that might emulate what they're trying to do in their future and also I want to get um signed by a podcast network or something yep. some in the future hopefully in the next like five ten years somehow mm -hmm. but that's one of my biggest goals i i would love to be signed to a podcast company because i hate editing so much <laughs> um that's the one of the most tedious things about podcasts <laughs> that i cannot stand i can't stand editing because it takes me forever yeah. like an hour-long episode takes me at least two days to edit and i'm like I just with school, I don't, I just don't have that much time. So yeah. that's one of my biggest goals with podcasts as well. Yeah. I took a pretty lazy approach um, at the beginning with my, or like last year when I only had, I mean, I only had a, a few episodes or whatever, but um, mm -hmm. I, for me, it's like, I didn't do too much heavy editing. I just kind of imported it in, spliced together the intro, outro, made sure the audio was generally acceptable and then, you know, published it. Uh, mm -hmm. but like what, for me, my, the way I work is like, once I've kind of like figured out how I, I love figuring out how it works. I love getting the software. I love having the tools and buying the tools and syncing it all up. And, but then like, once I figured it out, it's like boring. And so I don't enjoy it and I hate putting the time into it. And so this year I have an editor who's been awesome, who I met through the Rella group. Um, oh, and that's awesome. yeah. And so, yeah, I, I, I pay her to like help just basically take care of the episodes for me it's like all right it's uploaded and then she takes care of it and sends it to me and then i put it on the youtube and wherever else from there but yeah i hear you mm -hmm. on the editing uh speaking of, okay so speaking of networks um do do you know uh have you ever heard of hubspot that sounds familiar but i haven't used it okay yeah they started out i believe they started out as like a basic crm blah 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 but now they've got all kinds, tons of tools and all kinds of stuff. Um, yesterday, they announced a 
Um, it's like their, their podcast network um, for content creators, et cetera. So their, their my, my understanding is their goal is to do cohort, cohorts of like six to eight at a time on, and I don't think they've established the full schedule yet, but on a reoccurring basis, basically. Um, mm -hmm. And it, the idea is to build out a system that will help small, smaller podcasts grow and whatnot and get paid. Um, so if you go to like hubspot.com forward slash, I think it's creators, plural, you can like check them out and, um, and like, that might be something interesting and, or give you some ideas on like what to look for and like what sort of groups are like worth being a part of, because yeah, it's definitely an interesting, um, growing a podcast can be, is very difficult. And like the number one way that most podcasters do it is, um, a consistency over time, because you never know when an ep a podcast episode might hit some sort of algorithm or might hit some sort of wave and just kind of get, you know, give you that extra boost. And then is the, the swaps. Um, that's one of the, like the more common ways of doing it, because when it comes to like clips and like even posting on like TikTok or YouTube shorts or things like that, um, or even like shorter clips that you put on YouTube. Um, like, like Joe Rogan has done that in the past. And now that's the only thing he does, obviously, because he signed to Spotify, but uh, Tim Ferriss did some of that and some other like major podcasts. And a lot of, a lot of times, like those typically don't necessarily transcribe to podcast listeners. They'll just transcribe to clip listeners. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And so, um, so yeah, so it's, it's a super interesting. Um, it's like, it's very interesting and cool that you get the reach that you can as a result of the effort you put into it, but it's also a pain because growing it may or it's may not hard. have something, you know, you may or may not be able to grow it basically. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. So yeah. Um, interesting. Okay. Uh, so, okay. So like you started an Instagram for your podcast. Um, mm -hmm. and then I think you switched, you like changed the URL for it. Um, at least a little bit ago, like, I think it was like underscore pod and now it's the muse podcast or something like that, um, in terms of the URL, um, mm -hmm. what, uh, like, why did you, I was, I'm just curious, like why you switched the URL and then it, do you have a specific content strategy around like what goes into that, um, Instagram feed and account? And if you've seen any development and growth or connection as a result of having that account. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I changed it because I, initially wanted to do like morning muse podcast but the only option for me at the time was morning muse underscore pod mm -hmm. and then i changed my name a little bit to say the morning muse podcast on like on um apple and spotify and stuff so that's when i changed my username to be the morning muse podcast on instagram and it made it like easier for people to show to see it mm -hmm. on like spotify and apple and like be consistent on both platforms so I did that and honestly growing a podcast Instagram is hard it's very difficult because I don't you know it's funny I've found more growth on my personal Instagram than my podcast Instagram why that is I don't know the algorithm for it is very different for podcasters than for a regular Instagram I don't understand I don't understand why but it's very strange um and I try to have a strategy of like doing a post for the episode that I have going out on Tuesday 
at like 9 a.m. because my episodes go out at 6 a.m. Eastern time mm-hmm. and have the topic of the episode go out saying that hey the new episode has been released and then on like Thursdays or Fridays I will either do a quote from the episode or just some Pinterest post that I found on Pinterest and post that with like a question for my caption mm-hmm. and I'll do that again on like a Saturday or Sunday and then like it goes back through the cycle again on Tuesdays and Thursdays um it's been difficult because I keep posting, but no, I don't see much reach and growth from it. Mm-hmm. I typically like post a lot of about, I post a lot about my podcast and my, my Instagram page for it. But then again, I do post about it a lot on my personal. Cause that's where I have the most like following and why I know more people are going to talk about it and see it. Yep. So it's a little bit difficult. It's been a rough start to it because like I was inconsistent for a little bit but now I've kind of gotten back to being consistent with it. But yeah, it's it's a slow but steady growth, but kind of like simmering out right now. But Got it. Okay. Yeah. And where did you come up with the name? Honestly, for the name of my podcast, I think I was looking up names on Google. I was like, podcast names or just like interesting podcast names and then I started thinking about what I would really want to talk about my podcast like health and wellness productivity self-improvement and um, entrepreneurship and I was thinking okay what is something that I love to do and one of the things I love to do I love waking up early in the morning so mm-hmm. I was thinking it'd be something related to morning so the morning muse came about because I love my mornings and I love it to be like something that somebody can listen to in the mornings and first thing in the morning and say hey let me go listen to the morning muse while i'm getting ready this morning so got it nice that's awesome Mm -hmm. um okay all right switching gears a little bit tiktok um what sort of content are you putting on tiktok and what has your kind of experience been there it's it's the one it's um the one platform that i have engaged the like only infinitesimally with and we haven't even tried, you know, engaged it, um, like for the, my candle company and stuff. And so I have very, very little understanding of it. And it's the number one thing that everyone says is growing and going somewhere and whatnot. So I'm curious, like what sort of content you're putting on and what your experience has been like. Mm -hmm. So on my TikTok, I mainly post about like my morning routines, my day, the days of my life at boarding school and stuff. And that has been honestly a very slow growth because I haven't been consistent on there like I am with my Instagram and a lot of people say TikTok is easier to grow than Instagram right now I don't believe that okay because I have been doing Instagram for about a year now maybe coming up two years okay I found a lot more growth with doing my Instagram and building up my my brand on my Instagram page and I have with my TikTok. TikTok is very slow moving and a lot of it depends on the algorithm, how often you post, how how many times you post in a day. And it's very like hard to understand. And I feel like the algorithm has some kind of logic to it. Okay. Because you have to use keywords, you have to use hashtags, you have to tag people, you have to post on your stories. But TikTok, it's their algorithm is based on how often do you post how 
what times you and no not what times that's more instagram but it's more about how engaged are you with tiktok and how many videos are you posting in a day that i find is the most frustrating because i'm in school right now i don't have time to film three to five tiktoks in a day because yeah. i have classes from 8 a.m up until like uh 2 15 3 o'clock it's just my days are so busy that i just don't have time and that's why i like producing more content on instagram it's just faster and easier for me to get photos than videos mm-hmm. and it's been very very slow growing i've been like stuck at like 215 followers for the past like two months now so i feel like in a lot of the times people the reason why people say it's easy to grow on tiktok is because somebody's video is growing viral it's hard to go viral because you have to post something that's very intriguing or very interesting for it to go viral and for it to hit the algorithm and say okay i need to push this out to this many people because i know that these people will be interested in what she's talking about on this video so i feel like it's most most growth comes from viral 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 ability i think that's what it's called but yeah yeah okay so it's been it's been difficult it's been rough interesting okay yeah that's one of the things i've wondered too because like the accounts that i've noticed that just went ballistic were they certainly had you know one or multiple videos go viral, but they were all a posting consistently for sure. Um, B mm-hmm. is they had um, actually kind of back to like the community theme. They were topics and things that had a lot of people that would enjoy them. So like a lot of comedians blew up, especially over the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of like, you know, the reason the whole TikTok dance thing, you know, like blew up when it did is one, it was like unique and different at the time. Um, and B, it was something like everyone could do, like anyone, anyone could go make a TikTok and anyone could do a, you know, a response TikTok or dance. And so it's like, mm-hmm. you could, you know, their communities could engage with it. And then from there, the relationships with the creators developed right to where it's now, it's like, oh, like, you know, <laughs> you know, with some of the big ones, it's like, who are they dating? And like, what are their conversations like? And then they all started podcasts yeah. and, you know, everything else. Um, so that's definitely one of the things that, I feel like from afar, I've, I've noticed as well. Um, and, um, it's, it's interesting. It, it's like, it's, it's similar to YouTube in terms of if you want to, you need to build a community around it, I think, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's harder because a, it has to be more, um, uh, it's like shorter form. So you don't have a 10 minute, eight to 15, 20 minute video to have a conversation with right. someone. You've got to figure out how to hook them immediately and bring them in. And that takes a lot of work. Like you don't really get, it's not really a quantity over quality. It's a lot of quantity and at least some quality. (laughs) So yeah, exactly. And when you mentioned the 10 minute videos and TikTok released recently that they're going to be doing 10 minute videos on TikTok, which I I don't, I don't really understand because so many people are used to the short form content on TikTok that people's attention span isn't going to last for a 10 minute video. Like my attention span can't even last for one of the three minute videos. And I just scroll on through it because I I, just, I know I can't be engaged for that long. So I find it really interesting how like creators in, on the TikTok space are going to navigate that and deal with that and how the users are going to have with that experience having a 10 minute long TikTok video. So yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see typically. So what I've noticed is that whenever a new medium gets developed or pushed out, whatever that is, 
uh, there's typically a a different set of creators that gets big within that medium. So, mm-hmm. you know, the creators on Vine got big back when Vine was a thing, but then they were able to bring some of that traffic over to like YouTube and whatnot, but they weren't as big. And then the creators on YouTube got really big and were a big deal on YouTube. And then with YouTube was, you know, I don't know if lucky is the right word, but they were able to position themselves in such a way where different groups could get big at different times. Right. So like, mm-hmm. you know, FinEd and, you know, fin- financial education and things like that were able to get big during the pandemic vlogs were able to get big during the pandemic. Whereas, you know, I don't know, maybe more traditional prank right. videos or, you know, whatever and um, travel vlogs, like weren't able to be as big. So like, that's one of the, you know, that is one of the nice things about YouTube as a platform is that different segments and people are able to get big at different times. Uh, but then it's the same thing mm-hmm. with like streaming on Twitch and YouTube and Facebook gaming and whatever else um, is those are able to have like a whole different set of content creators that, you know, they might have a million followers, millions of followers on Twitch, but they're going to have only 1.5 million on YouTube or whatever. And then mm-hmm. TikTok came out huge on you on TikTok might be decent on YouTube, but still not necessarily insanely massive. Um, and then I think that what'll happen within TikTok is you'll have a whole new set of like, you know, the 10 minute TikTok TikTokers figure out how to make good content and they are able to draw in right. a specific set of audience for those things. And they're probably not going to be the same, you know, D'Amelio sisters or whatever. <laughs> so yeah. It'll be uh it'll be interesting to to watch. Um hmm. yeah, we'll we'll see. Um okay, so what are you most uh, what sort of content are you most interested in putting together and making available to people over the next few years while you're in college? I want to like do on like TikTok or Instagram reels, do more like college day in the lives, what I'm doing while I'm in college, because it's a new space for me. I've never been to college, but it's similar to boarding school in a way that you're away from home, you're living with a roommate. So I've kind of gotten the experience, but I definitely want to publish more of those on like TikTok and Instagram reels. And for my podcast, I just want to keep doing what I'm doing, keep interviewing people, influential people that I see that will be a good fit for my podcast and say, okay, what you're talking about in your social platforms right now is something that I want my listeners to hear. Mm. That's one of what I keep wanting. I definitely want to keep doing and even if that's interviewing people on my college campus, interviewing somebody who I find is influential on my college in my college community, and say, "Hey, I want you to come onto my podcast because what you're talking about around campus is really interesting. I want to get to know you more as a person. I want other people to hear it too. So that's another thing I want to do as well." Gotcha. Yeah. No, that makes sense. When it comes to the people like watching your content, and I, I know you mentioned um, people being inspired and things like that, um, what sort in what sorts of ways do you want to inspire people with your days in the life and that sort of? Because and, and the part of the reason I'm asking is, you know, obviously there's uh, on YouTube there's a bajillion um, days in the life, and you know college at this and college over here and all kinds of stuff like that. And people find audiences for it. So there's obviously people like that sort of content and engage with that sort of content a lot. But when it comes to like 
Sierra and like what you're specifically trying to do, what sort of, um, like what sort of stuff do you want to impart and inspire people with and towards like about you personally? I'm just curious. Yeah. Like I, the whole thing with me is, especially when I started my podcast, I want people to see my content, hear my content and say, wow, she's 18 going on 19. She started a podcast and she's doing content creation at 18 and she's going after her dream if she's 18 and she's going after her dreams I can be 15 or 16 and doing that same thing I want people to say she's going after at 18 then I can do it right now if she can do it I can do it too and that's how it all started for me like I the reason why I started my podcast is I was watching this youtuber Lily Rako who was a health and wellness person on YouTube at the time and she started her own podcast and she was like 21 20 at the time I was like well if she can do it at 20 I can do it at 17 or I was I think I turned 18 that year I can do it at 18 that's what I want people to see that's what I want people to be inspired by if I can do it at 18 you can do it while you're 16 15 14 no matter what age you can always be doing something to go after your dreams no dream is limited by age you can do it at any age you just have to set the intention to do it and go for it mm-hmm. totally yeah. <laughs> that's awesome what are the what are the reasons that you feel like people in your age group people the younger than you are 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 not thinking that way already like why is that something that you feel needs to be challenged or encouraged and versus it being like maybe a more typical like yes of course that's what i do um because and and part of the reason i'm asking is because i'm sure that a lot of older people um because i'm only you know i guess i mean i just turned 28 like two days ago so i'm about 10 years older right but like people older than me um you know i think like look at our generation, my generation, your generation, and they like feel like, oh, these people are, you know, they're all on Instagram. They're all creating content. That's all they're doing. Right. So what is your mm-hmm. perspective on that? And why, again, why is that something you feel like needs to be in, you know, not, not challenged in a bad way, but encouraged and, ch- and challenged in a good way? Because I feel like it all stems from honestly limiting beliefs okay. and what you think you can't do. Anybody can do anything and it's, you have to have the belief in yourself and the confidence in yourself to be able to say, okay, I'm at this age right now. There's so many different opportunities that are available to me because of the internet, because of the many plethora of resources we have right now. Then what's, I'm, I'm the one stopping myself from actually doing what I want to do. And it all comes to what you in your head are telling yourself and saying oh I can't do this because I'm at this age I'm working full-time so I can't do this you can do it at any stage of your life it's just are you willing to put in the time are you willing to put in the effort to do it Mm -hmm. like I'm putting in the effort at 18 with starting up with doing my podcast, I was doing my podcast as I was applying to colleges. Like that's a stressful time, but I still made time for it because I knew that this is what I want to do. And this is why I'm doing it. I want to inspire people saying that you can still 
do a podcast you can still create content while you're busy mm-hmm. it's just are you willing to put in the time for it so i think it's all about are you willing to take the time to do the things that you want to do in your life and not be stuck and stagnant and not be in a place where you're not happy you have to find those things that will make you happy and by doing that you're able to go after the dream that you want you know mm-hmm. it's all it's all the intention that you have in your mindset that you have behind it yeah no i i i agree um what um what has been the most challenging part or parts of pursuing the um we'll say like the life that you've decided to pursue obviously you know things change for everyone over time and you never know where you end up but part of that journey is intentionally you know taking a step in whatever direction it is you think you want to go and Mm -hmm. so like what has been the like what have been the most challenging components of that those of the result of the choices that you've you know just said you wanted to make Mm -hmm. some of them have been one are people actually listening Mm -hmm. but I had to think to myself, well, if people are listening, then you're making a difference. Mm -hmm. You know, you never know who's going to be listening to what at the time. You never know if people are talking to talking about you behind your back, but you have to think, what if somebody's talking about you behind your back, but it's something good. It doesn't necessarily have to be bad. So for me, it was one people talking about me behind my back, whether that be good or bad. And two, um, knowing if I'm reaching people am I reaching the right audience am I reaching who I want to reach or am I reaching people at all so that's some that those have been some of my struggles but I've gotten to the point where I I'm like well if one person's listening I'm still influencing that one person it doesn't matter how many people I'm influencing it's just the fact that I am helping to influence somebody Mm -hmm. wherever they are in their life you know so that's those have been some of my struggles with it too yeah, totally. I definitely think that's always the hard part. Um, mm-hmm. And I think to a certain extent or another, it uh, part of the answer always has to be that you believe this is something you should or want to be doing almost regardless of mm-hmm. the consequences or circumstances. Now, sometimes, you know, that might last for three months and then you decide, I feel like I've gotten what I wanted to. So I'm going to pivot. Maybe it lasts 10 years and then you reach that point or maybe you never reach that point. Um, but like having that almost open mentality, but also like stealing yourself to say like, no, like there's these, these are the the reasons that I think this is worth doing independent of the results at the time. And then as you gain wisdom and understanding, maybe you're able to, you know, continue to mature that perspective or develop that perspective and whatever it may be. Um, what, um, like what, have there been any unexpected things that you feel like you learned or that you've enjoyed or like maybe more on the bright side where it's like, Hey, someone is listening or, you know, even if uh, actually, even if even setting that aside, are there any unexpected components that you're like, I didn't necessarily expect this to have the impact on me that it did, but it totally did. And it's been kind of great. Anything along those lines? Yeah, for sure. When I knew I wanted to have guests on my podcast, I was thinking about like the fact that what if they don't agree? What if they don't want to come on my podcast? But then I reached out to um, this woman named Maddie Saccone. She is a master soul cycle instructor. I reached out to her through DM. Mm-hmm. I asked her, hey, 
I've been looking at your content. I think it was over TikTok for a while now. I would love to have you on the podcast. Would you be willing to come on? And she said, yes. And I was like, wait, no way. (laughs) I was shocked. So that was the first thing. That was the first one that happened to. Then it happened to me with Nally Barbu. And I was so scared to reach out to her because I thought me at 18, she wouldn't want to come on my podcast onto my podcast like there's no way as big of an influencer she is she will not want to come on here then she again it was over dm and she agreed i was like you've got to be kidding me right now and that happened to me in february of 2021 no no it was earlier than that i think might have been february of 2019 or 2020 that that happened to me i was like I was in shock. I was completely in shock that she was coming on to my podcast. And then she came on to it again earlier this year. I was like, there's no way this is happening to me. So I was shocked with that. And then um, another <laughs> another person I reached out to over DM about my podcast is, um, her name is Emily Elizabeth Duong. She owns um, Lost Hatton, which is a social media marketing agency, as well as Elite Skatewear, which is a um, skatewear company. And she has her own podcast called what fulfills you and, she, and I reached out to her too I was like she's not gonna she's not gonna respond she's not gonna want to come on but then she came on anyway so that really changed me because I was like even if you're scared to reach out to that one person what if they do respond and what if they say yes it's like you have to be confident in yourself and saying okay if I'm if I'm wanting to get that person onto my podcast you have to be willing to make that leap and reach out to them and expect the answer to be yes. You have to be confident in yourself to say, okay, they will say yes because I know that they will like me and I know that they will like the energy that I'm bringing. So you have to have that inner confidence in yourself that I've learned throughout this year is with this podcast is that I have to have the inner confidence in myself to be confident in my voice and be confident with the image that I'm presenting with this podcast and say like, okay, you know what? Let me just bite the bullet. Let me just go ahead and reach out to them. It doesn't hurt to try. It doesn't hurt to reach out. And that, and that's just awesome to like think that those three people were able to come onto my podcast be- all because of a DM. It's insane how how you're able to do that and you're able to like negate those fears that you are having because you reached out. You never it never hurts to reach out to somebody. Totally. No, I I freaking love that um and you know what it makes me think of is how well it's just reinforcement of the principle that um uh, that how important it is to to practice confidence and to practice um taking action because it might Mm -hmm. not again it might not always have the intended consequences uh but like getting yourself in the mental framework of having the, you know, saying I'm going to be the sort of person that reaches out. Right. And then you reach out and then it happens like, okay, I'm the sort of person that's going to have a conversation with this person. And I can have this conversation with this person. And then Mm -hmm. the next thing might be asking someone to, you know, someone even bigger on your podcast or, you know, whatever it is, the, you know, whatever, whoever's listening, whatever your project is. Right. And then, and, or it might be, okay, I just did this, this, and this with my podcast. Now I'm going to do this, this, and this with my TikTok or with my own, you know, you know, my course in school, <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. 
it's about, or, you know, like a school project or mm -hmm. whatever, right? It's, it's about like those sorts of like principles of like, no, no, like you can do it. And it's taking, it's worth taking the risk. And it's, oh, even if it fails, it's a hundred percent. Okay. It's better to right. be the person that like did something and you should feel confident in the fact that you are that sort of person, even if it doesn't always work out. Exactly. And at least you tried. That's the thing you don't, you, you have to be confident enough to say, okay, I tried this out once. If it didn't work out, it didn't work out. I've learned from that experience, but at least I tried. At least I reached out to that person, you know? Yeah, no, no. I think you have to tell yourself that I am a, um, a better person for having tried this as opposed to mm -hmm. what can easily, totally easily, and we've all been there, be the person that's like, oh, it doesn't work. It's, you know, things aren't going my way. Exactly. It's just the way it is. I'm just not the sort of person that gets good things to happen to them or you know, whatever it is that that negative self-talk um you know ends mm -hmm. up being is like no it's like it, it's it's better to, to you know you have to you have to tell again you have to set the parameters for yourself and not allow external things to kind of dictate your own parameters in that way um so okay exactly i'm also a little bit jealous because i feel like you have a slightly better chance of getting in touch with sorts of people like this um because i always feel weird i've been blocked before just simply because I was a guy and they probably thought I was being creepy when I was just trying to be supportive. <laughs> oh, no. uh -huh. And I feel like I'm a little bit jealous because I feel like you don't have to quite be concerned about that. Um, and so I want, I actually want to ask you if you have any tips because, right. I mean, I look at, you know, I follow all kinds of guys and girls and all kinds of stuff. Right. And like, I don't understand how some girls, um, just be honest, I don't understand how they like, have a social media presence at all with the amount of weird comments and garbage. And then they even create communities around it, which is mind blowing to me. I don't know how they do it. Um, but setting all that <laughs> aside, um, I'm curious if you have any tips for me, like when I'm reaching out things that, um, would be helpful or things that would stand out in a good way, um, things mm -hmm. to avoid or things to say, like, I don't know. I, I'm just curious if you have any thoughts for me, um, uh, because, <laughs> Um, because that's something I'm always, I'm always concerned about. Cause like, I actually just want to be encouraging sometimes. Like, I don't, even if I'm just, I'm just saying, Hey, um, but I I'm curious, um, it's, it's only happened a couple of times where they, you know, ended up just simply having a conversation with me versus like, well, you know, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe not accept that, uh, DM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, honestly for women in like the social media industry, I've gotten this a lot of times I get <laughs> I get these DMs from these sugar daddies uh -huh. all the freaking time in my <laughs> requests. And it drives me insane. I, and it drives a lot of my other creator friends insane yeah. because we just keep getting those messages. And, and I think that we're so used to having to, to block or deny. Or well, it's the safest, best thing to do know. is to have that as your default exactly. for sure. Exactly. We don't know which dms to trust which dms not to trust because they look like dms from somebody legitimate but it turned out to be a bot yep so um what would help is introducing yourself what you do um and if you're looking to like talk to them about podcasts like say what your podcast is and what it's about mm -hmm. and then say like I would love to have you on my podcast to talk about da 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 da. da. So it like comes, it's 
like a genuine ask instead of like something like um, something ungenuine or dis- sure. disingenuous okay. something like so that would that would definitely help because so so many people have gotten so many problems with guys dming about stuff it's so annoying mm-hmm. but i think that's that we're so cautious to like just on it's honestly a reflex now to just block any yeah, guy sure. who tries to dm us honestly because it's like it's it gets so annoying but then there's somebody like you who's actually genuine and wants to have a conversation that we just automatically block because it we just don't know or not yeah. so yeah that definitely helps um but yeah that's why i typically do when i reach out to people or then or i say hey uh, my name is sierra uh i've been following you for a while and i think you're really inspirational motivational um uh thank you for like doing what doing what you do mm-hmm. and something like something like that so so along those two lines those are good got it yeah okay i appreciate that <laughs> it's uh yeah uh-huh. it's a it's a crazy world out there so um mm-hmm. it's uh yeah trying to navigate it is uh interesting for everybody <laughs> yeah so cool um all right so final question i wanted to ask you is if like mm-hmm. who would be your current dream guest for your podcast oh anyone like no no strings attached and not like a it'd be and and this is like for you personally the conversation you would want to have not like a well it wouldn't make sense to bring them on blah 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 like no just for you Mm -hmm. personally Hmm. for me personally oh that's a hard question um hmm Honestly, I think it might be um, Sarah Blakely, founder of Spanx. Yes. Yes. Um, I love Sarah. She's really, I watched her on, I found out about her because of Shark Tank. For oh, the first really? Time. Okay. I mean, and I think like, I'd, I'd known of her, but that's certainly it. where I was more acquainted with yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. And I think her story of how she founded Spanx was like, is really, really amazing mm-hmm. and really cool. So it would definitely be Sarah Blakely. Okay. That's an awesome. Yeah. Sarah's very cool. Yeah. She seems like, a, I feel like she's one of the few um, founders who does a really good job of obviously she exists in a different stratosphere than, you know, 99.9% of the rest of us, but she does a decent, mm-hmm. I, I feel like a really good job of maintaining her genuine kind of down to down to earth side, like following her on Instagram is super mm-hmm. fun. Um, and she's not always like, I feel like a lot of founders who end up in her position, they just like kind of do normal like advertising for their brand which is kind of like sucks because it's just like whatever um and or they'll do like super like oh we're at the beach oh we're on the boat oh we're on the other things and it's like she does a little bit of both those things but it feels more genuine generally speaking exactly um and then second is she does a really good job of like you know talking about her husband jesse and talking about the kids and doing pancakes on saturday morning and whatnot and like all that sort of stuff it's just super fun and super down to earth and you feel um it feels much more relatable so um so that's I, and that's there's a good one answer. other one okay that i just remembered it's this uh she's a parrot no she uh danced on dance with the stars one year and she i think was the first 
ever dance star on there to have two prosthetic legs. Okay. Um, she did. She competes in the Paralympics. I think almost each year. I can't, her name is blanking on me. Um, I can see your face right now, but I just cannot think of her name, and I hate it when that happens. Um, but she is amazing as to how like she her her journey to like doing snowboarding mm-hmm. and competing in the Paralympics and dancing on Dance with the Stars, which I watched the entire season. She just amazed me each and every every dance she would do. And it, her story is amazing. So I would love to have her on as well. Yes. But I can remember that would be her name. Cool. I oh my gosh. I hate it when that happens. <laughs> it happened to me like four times yesterday alone. So uh, it's all good. <laughs> um got it awesome well thank you so much for coming on um sierra this was super fun i love that we got to cover like so many different things that's one of my favorite things about like a good podcast like you cover like 10 subjects and you could always go further into each of them like that's like that's how i know it's like a good episode it's like okay nice um yeah so awesome (laughs) well we are uh for those listening we are i'm we're literally about to jump over and record for your podcast um this yeah. one will go up this week and then yours will go up, you know, whenever it fits into your schedule. Um, but, uh, you mm-hmm. know, I'll put all of, obviously all of your information as I always do in the descriptions and everything, people can check you out, people can follow you and, uh, support your, uh, journey through, uh, well, four years of college shortly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Um, I, I had a lot of fun and, uh, I'll see you in a few months. Yeah, see you in a few. All right. Take care.